Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As we continue to celebrate the feast of the glorious resurrection, we remember that it is not just celebration of the empty tomb, but the recognition of the far more important reality of Jesus present with us in the church, giving us life eternal. The disciples in the first century Galilee and Judea saw Jesus close enough. They spent plenty of time with him during his earthly ministry. They listened to his teaching. They ate and drank with him. They walked on the roads together, spent nights in the ever-changing houses of the people who welcomed them on their journey, shared the boat with him as they had to go about their business on the lake. Jesus was close by. When Jesus died, the disciples were scattered in fear. The faithful women still wanted to be close to Jesus, and so they came to the tomb to anoint his body. The body was not in the tomb, but the message from the angel gave them hope. He is not here, he has risen. He is not here, yet he is. He is the resurrection and the life. If he is not in the tomb, then it doesn't make sense to look for him in the tomb, because that is not where Jesus is to be found. We go out into the daylight to meet Jesus in this world. However, Jesus is not to be found for salvation of our body and soul out there in nature, be it the field, the forest, the mountain, or any other location. We can look for Jesus forever in this world, but the key thing is being where he himself wills to be found. We meet him on his terms, not on our terms. Jesus appeared to his disciples for 40 days following his resurrection, and then he ascended into heaven as we confess it in the creed. In today's gospel, Jesus let his disciples know that he is going away, and sorrow fills their hearts. Would you like for Jesus to appear in front of you now? Would you like to talk to him, ask him for help in your life? Receive from him the blessings that only he is able to deliver? Well, Jesus encounters us today, but not in the way the original disciples might have thought about it during his earthly ministry. Sorrow fills their hearts, because they have not yet witnessed his death and resurrection. Unlike that, joy fills our hearts, as we learn what it means for Jesus to continue to be with us here and now. For Jesus to go away is to advantage for his disciples. And that includes us. How is that? Jesus explains. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because
because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and he will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged the paradox is that Jesus goes so that he can stay with his beloved disciples how many were there among original disciples they were 12 apostles they were 70 they were more followers but their number was limited by physical restraints they could see Jesus and hear him only when they physically followed him and were in the same physical location where he was people in Asia Minor, Greece Italy and Egypt were not able to encounter him at the time all the more people in such distant areas as America and Siberia in any case they were outside of the civilized world of the time yet all the people have sinned and fall short of the glory of God everybody is without any hope apart from Jesus and is going to hell period all people are in need of forgiveness I come from Russia Russia is currently at war with Ukraine I have relatives friends and Christian brothers and sisters in both countries. Both Russians and Ukrainians need Jesus to be cured from sickness and death. And you, as American people, likewise need Jesus. So for Jesus to go away is to provide a way to be available to believers, no matter where they come from. The helper, the advocate, the comfort, the paraclete, that is the Holy Spirit. This Spirit will convict the world. The world may think that it triumphs over us as Christians, but Jesus has overcome the world by his victory. The Spirit convicts the world concerning its unbelief. Many people think that if they apply themselves hard enough, Theirs will be success in all areas of life. This work righteousness, when we think that we are good enough as we are, when we rely on our reason, our inner strength, our internal resources, results eventually in unbelief. Blessed are we when we confess our sins and rely on Jesus' sacrifice. The Spirit convicts the world concerning righteousness. Jesus fulfilled all righteousness by being obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Now he is going to the Father, and so he will no longer be found in the visible form here on earth. With our eyes we see some simple, even trivial things, common things of this life. We see water, we see bread, we see wine. We don't see Jesus in the same way the original disciples saw him. Yet his presence with us is all the more glorious. And so the unbelieving world is convicted concerning righteousness because it does not want to set its foot in the church and deprives itself of the unique chance to hear the good news of Jesus. The helper convicts the world concerning judgment, Satan is called the ruler of this world. He claims people 
born in sin as his possession, as his prize, his trophy. By our nature, we like to judge, be judgmental. We judge people around us. Even Mabrose is definitely attempted to have critical attitude to what relates to God himself. We see something in the law of God that confronts us, the way we are and our way of life. And it may be related to particular commandments or special admonitions. And then, rather than forcefully drowning our old Adam through daily contrition, we want to twist the biblical message to make it conform to our ways. Don't be fooled. God is the judge, and we are subject to his judgment, and not vice versa. The ruler of this world is judged, but we who believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, do not come under judgment, but have passed from death to life. The hostile and unbelieving world will not get any encouragement from the Spirit. For us, as the children of God, it is entirely different. The Spirit does everything Jesus promised. The Spirit of truth guides us into all the truth. He declares to us the things that are to come. He continuously glorifies Christ and Him crucified. He takes what belongs to Christ and gives it to us. What a privilege. What a blessing. Not many people come to church nowadays. This is a long story in Russia. Communist revolution of the last century has attempted to exterminate all of Christianity. But even here in the United States, every time I come back, so it seems I see fewer and fewer people. Maybe your congregation is different, thanks be to God. People are afraid of COVID, or they think that they have some better things to do on Sunday. The reasons may vary. However, many still consider themselves as spiritual people. I can be spiritual without going to church in the comfort of my home, right? Spirit and body. Body serves for demarcation, creates boundaries. Spirit unites, so to speak. No divisions there. Today's secular culture wants us to think of ourselves, of our identity, apart from our bodies. As though they were just ghosts. As though we could decide who we want to be in our mind. But as Christians, we believe in the Incarnation. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We are not just ghosts. We as human beings are complete with our body and soul put together. Moreover, the Spirit acts through material world. This is the world in which we feel both physical and emotional pain. And so the Spirit comes and comforts us precisely through those means which are part of this created order. Jesus gave us his Spirit when he bowed his head on the cross. And his side was pierced with a spear, and there came out blood and water. And it is through the water of baptism and through the elements of the Holy Supper that the Spirit comes to us today and guides us into all the truth. 
and so unlike it was for the original disciples it is not sorrow that fills our hearts it is joy what else can it be if we will shortly come to the presence of living god here at the altar where the spirit will deliver us heavenly food through the body and blood 